Seven International Podcast, a podcast connecting Olympiacos fans from Melbourne to Baltimore, from London to Piraeus. We are four Olympiacos fans from every corner of the world, bringing you news and interviews of the team you love in English. With new episodes twice a week, you'll never lose the latest updates and stories of the team you love. This is our team, our city, and our land. You're listening to the Gate 7 International Podcast. Good evening, everyone, and uh, welcome to the Gate 7 International Podcast, your official English source for all things Olympiakos FC and Greek football. My name is Peter Thompson. I'm here with my co-host, Adi Bulubastis. We've got super sub Demo George, national team contributor for Gate7INTL.com, filling in with us. And uh, we've got our first off-season podcast of, of the season, folks. And... Uh, you know how it goes. The season's over. We're, we're going to just find anything and everything to talk about here. Uh, we've got a whole list of random things that we'll be discussing, including the Greek national team, transfer rumors. We'll go around the league, all sorts of hirings and firings going on in the Greek Super League. A whole lot of crazy stuff going on. Uh, a couple housekeeping things before we do get started. Uh, we will start to be teasing the summer schedule a little bit. We have uh, we have a lot of things in the plans for the summer, some more interviews, some more fun episodes, getting the fans involved. Um, so we're going to start getting rid of that, or not getting rid of that, but getting that stuff out to the public in the future. Uh, a couple things that are confirmed on the books include that greeksoccer.com Olympiakos World Roundtable, we're going to do one with just the Olympiakos fans first. Uh, and then we might try another one with all of the Greek soccer folks. And then uh, Boozing with the Boys 3 will also be happening this summer. More info on that later. And that is most certainly not it. We're definitely looking. We've got some great interviews in the works before the season starts. Get all, you know, get all the football people while they're, uh, while they're off resting and relaxing after the end of the season. So we've got some exciting stuff. As always, I'd also like to say thank you to our sponsor, Piraeus International. Piraeus International has been helping Greeks ship to and from the motherland during COVID-19. Shipments to Greece are going out of Baltimore, Maryland, USA every week. Fill any large U-Haul box, 18 by 18 by 24. Send it to our friends in Baltimore. And uh, it will be shipped to the Port of Piraeus for only $50. Better yet, fill any large wardrobe box and send it for over $100. Give them a call at 410-675-4696 or send an email to sales at PiraeusINTL.com. All right, folks. First thing on the list for news today, UEFA is considering a rule change to their competitions. If you watch Champions League, if you watch Europa League, you'll know that the away goals is incredibly important. When the score is tied on these aggregate competitions, the winner is whoever scored more away goals. This is, uh, one might say it's a bit arbitrary. Why not home goals? Why not least away goals conceded? You know, we could say all these things. Um, but the bottom line is they're considering scrapping this rule in its entirety. Now, Adi, I wonder what your thoughts are on this. And if, if you have any ideas for what they might be doing to uh, replace this rule, if it is indeed scrapped. I mean, we've been screwed by this rule, but we've also been helped by this rule. 
if you guys remember like Arsenal, you know, we thankfully it helped us against Arsenal, but then it kind of screwed us with Wolves. So, uh, you know, I mean, I'm kind of ambivalent. I like the idea of just look, playing the games out and then whoever wins wins. That's it. Cause sometimes I feel, you know, the, again, you remember the times it screws you more and like against wolves, for example, I thought we were the better team and you know, the away goal kind of, it screws you. And then when you have the away goal against you, sometimes tactically you have to adjust or, or sometimes play more offensively because it's a draw, but you have to score the extra goal because of the away goal deficit, which that could screw you in, you know, another way uh, by opening up too much. So again, for me, I'm okay with it. Uh, I, I'm relatively ambivalent, but uh, that's that's how I feel about it. And I don't think they're replacing it. I think it's just score, and that's it. More PKs, and it'll make it more interesting. I have to say, I, I do love PKs. Demo, I want to get Everyone your take does. on this. You're a Roma fan, so when Roma are playing in the Europa Conference League next year, um, oh God, what what? How do you think that might affect them? <laughs> I mean, Against I, don't I, even, <laughs> I don't even want to think about anything Conference League even Roma, but in terms of like just scrapping the rule, uh, I mean, I kind of like the rule because I mean, we, we see it clear as day with empty stadiums when the fans are there, home team advantage is a real thing. So the idea that a tiebreaker will like away goals as a factor, I think is a pretty cool thing. And maybe I'm just used to it, but I've always kind of liked it. And especially for these teams trying to compete on three fronts. I mean, you have, coaches like Conte throwing seasons in Europe away so that he can get it done in the league because those midweek games are draining. So add in more chances for overtime and more chances to go into penalty kicks. And that's going to, that's going to kill teams with super dense schedules. So, I mean, I guess we'll see how it plays out or even if it happens, but it's, it definitely changes things. Yeah, I mean, I like penalties, but I think uh, having more of those extra time games could be something that would uh, be a lot more difficult and draining for some of the players. Although, you know, hopefully next year, maybe we don't see these super ridiculously condensed schedules. Maybe things get a little bit better. Uh, I I guess it's hard to say what's going to happen if if next season is still going to be different or weird. But we can hope that maybe um, teams are given a little bit of, of rest and then it's not as bad if they have to play some of those additional extra time games. Well, while we're talking about extra time, Villarreal, Manchester United, Europa League final is ju- it's halftime now of extra time. So just well, a that, that was little shout out. I, I gave a little shout out to Mister Europa League himself, Unai Emery, with with my uh, my intro. Hoping <laughs> hoping the English club goes down today. Sorry to all you Manchester United fans out here. But uh, yeah, no, that, that one's might be well on its way to penalties. Um, obviously, these finals are a one-off, so we see that occasionally. Next thing on the news here, uh, it's not good news, um, but we do want to talk about it. Olympiacos striker Youssef El-Arabi, uh, he has actually been arrested uh, in France, apparently. Um, the story goes that, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, guys, but the story goes that he was hanging out with his brother's uh, some night in France and some delinquent kids just were having a, a time of their life and ran by and I guess threw some glass bottles at them in the house. Is this the story? Or maybe El Arabi was outside. They, whatever. They got bottles thrown at them. 
Uh, El Arabi and his brothers got pissed off and went and chased the kids down and beat them up very badly. Uh, this is the story. And so, you know, uh, you're not allowed to do that, of course. Uh, so he's been sentenced to one year in prison. Now, um, it's incredibly unlikely that he will actually serve this time as it is. Uh, he'll probably have to pay a fine or something like this. But, uh, I mean, guys, we don't want another Ruben Semedo can't go to Spain on the team. You know, it's just more more European opponents that we're going to try to avoid, right? It's uh, it's not ideal for Olympiacos. Um, you know, I'm, I don't know all the details of of the uh, of the event, but it does definitely sound like he probably deserves some sort of punishment. And uh, I don't know, guys, what do you think about this? Well, the I just found out today, obviously, what the actual context was of what happened. We've been hearing the last few days. Oh, he's he's there. There's a court case, and El Arabi is a year in prison or a suspended sentence. Uh, we had no idea what was actually going on. And then today, you know, after going through articles and articles, and then, of course, Costa enlightening me onto what actually happened. I mean, it's unclear. Google translating French articles is not exactly helpful, and it just seems to cause more confusion to me. You should, you should try Google translating sport time transfer rumors. And just, oh, God. Trying to learn Greek anyway. But... I mean, these kids, these kids just chucked a glass bottle and it looked, it sounded like it went, the translation said in the house, like the bottle shattered in the house. So El Arabi and his boys went, grabbed them, kicked the shit out of them and made them clean it up. So uh, now obviously the problem is, you know, you can't beat up kids as annoying as kids are teenagers, especially we can't just beat the shit out of them. wise words from the new father here (laughs) (laughs) you have to call the authorities uh do i feel sorry for them no who throw who throws glass bottles at people's houses isn't there a proverb about throwing shit or is it like glass houses i don't know there's some proverb about throwing glass at people or throwing from glass i don't know throwing stones out of the through like a glass Maybe house or something. It. I don't know. I don't, I'm, I'm sure they never took these bottles at people. I'm sure these random kids are well-versed in the Proverbs that, you know, you're talking about here. <laughs> Whatever it is. I don't, I don't remember. <laughs> don't throw glass bottles at people. Like, you know, I mean, he's not going to serve any time. It's a suspended sentence. Uh, he's going to end up paying a fine. I don't know what the French judge is going to do. Um, as far as we know, the kids that actually threw the glass bottle haven't been charged with anything. Uh, so I, he's just going to end up having to pay a fine and it might be one of those like suspended probation sentences where it's like, Oh, if you do something else, you'll get your time added on plus some, you know what I mean? So it's, I'm not super concerned about it. We'll see. Yeah. I mean, it it doesn't seem like something that's, uh, I I would be surprised if El Arabi gets in trouble again. This seems like a bit of a one-off. I mean, we don't know, like, maybe El Arabi was just like a bit drunk and like was pissed off and running after the kids. Like who knows what happened, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I was at first worried we would miss him uh, this season and we'll get into some transfer news later, but I was like really worried about, we have to get this Tiquinho guy. Um, but I mean, yeah, it's uh, you, you don't like to see it just the story in general, you don't like to see it, but uh, it's worth reporting on. Now, going back to some more uh, lighthearted things here, um, Bauk, 
you know, as much as they did beat us in the cup final, uh, we're still going to make our jabs at them and whatnot. Pablo Garcia, he's out. He's done. Uh, the man that plays finals every day, he's not going to be playing finals anymore because uh, he's no longer the manager of Pauk. Looks like Luchescu is on his way to Greece to manage Pauk. So, I mean, Pablo Garcia wins a cup final and gets fired. Like, we have to say, as much as we laugh at the guy, like, this is a bit surprising. What do you guys think? I am laughing only because of what I've been reading from the Balk fans, like on social media. I had an exchange with the Balk Talk guys also. Uh, and just just the stuff I've been, the Greek social media. Balk seems to have a higher opinion of themselves than I think they probably should. You know what I mean? They People, they seem to rem, misremember some history here. Like, okay, I understand maybe the football wasn't attractive, but it's not like it was attractive under Ferreira either. You, you know what I mean? Like they hated Ferreira because it wasn't attractive. They got rid of him. Garcia came in. He comes in second place. Okay. You know, they, they lose the title by in the end, what 30 plus points fine, but they win the, they win the cup. Okay. So there, I, I remember personally, a lot worse seasons with Balk and some some pretty poor ones. Just just to go off the top of our heads, you know, let's let's just kind of take a quick trip back in time. All right. Uh, you know, last season, Balk, okay, you know, they they also finished behind us. By the by by the end of it, they were 18 points behind uh, at the end, I think, last season. Uh 2018-2019 season. Uh, we're not gonna relive that one because they actually win a title. Uh, you know, one of their first little crumbs that Val- Valbuena was talking about. Little crumbs, we'll leave them with that. Ike won it the year before, and we still came in second place. So, I let's mean, go further back, let's go further back, Peter. The 2016 2017 season, they ended the season in fourth. I 2015 2016 season. They ended in fourth again. They only scored 45 points before the playoffs. That's even less than this year. 2014-2015 season. They ended the season in third. And they scored... They ended up coming in the playoffs fifth. They ended the season after the playoffs fifth place. So what is this pedigree you think you have to where you can shit all over Pablo Garcia? All right, you know what? I'm not going to say Luchescu isn't a better coach, but uh, the this disgraceful season they're talking about, I don't get it. I don't get it at all. It's not a disgraceful season. You've had a lot of disgraceful seasons. No, I, I 100% agree with you. I think uh, it's like that we say it in Greece all over again. Like these teams always, they never give managers enough time. No team really, not even Olympi- even Olympiakos is guilty of this in the past. I mean, we're giving Pedro Martins time now, but he's been he's been stellar. Like, this is how good you have to be to last three seasons in Greece. Um, Pablo Garcia won a trophy, is going to Europe, got second place. Only lot, the only team that finished ahead of him has vastly more resources than him. We have to say, yes. And he hasn't had a transfer window yet. 
Like, I'm not, you know, I, I'm not trying to, like, you know, Pablo Garcia is a clown and, like, this guy says shit in the media. But, like, from an objective standpoint, what do you want? What do you want him to do? He wasn't going to win the title this year. <laughs> he, yeah, like, like, when he was he appointed manager, Baba. we had, like, what, 15 points on them already? Yeah. And he won he the cup. Baba or Warda. You know what I mean? It's not, he didn't have any pieces. Like, okay, I, I agree. I agree that maybe <laughs> uh, Eleftherios Machinis, I love this. Come on, we're talking about Bach, of course. What more can you hope discuss. for? Exactly. That's, that's, it is a success by their standards. That's what this comment standard. is saying. It's genuine. Like, what more do you expect to happen this year? That's like saying, like, Sheffield United, like, we didn't win the league. Or, like, Aston Villa, like, we didn't win the league. Like, yeah, <laughs> like what? What do you want when when all your owner did was sell the pieces off? Now they're expecting money to come in this summer, and Luchescu's coming back. They'll give him a war chest. They didn't give it to Garcia. I still don't think Garcia was ready to coach the the top flight. But come on, you didn't give him any keys for success, and you're gonna go ahead and just shit on him. The way with which it happened, and the way with which I should say he was disposed of is a little bit disrespectful to me. I felt like he was completely disrespected and he was in a no win situation. I don't know. Uh, I, I, it just made it to me. It's just hysterical because I can't think of this pedigree that they have, uh, you know, that they think that they should have gotten much more than they had, but I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy. Maybe it's me. I don't yeah. Know. Like, like you said, Adi, like, Luchescu might be a better manager, but I mean, it's like what's keeping Luchescu from finishing second and getting sacked at the end of next season. That's like, yeah. Like from a precedent standpoint, other managers, if, and when Luchescu moves on, they're going to look at the Bauk job and they're going to think, Hmm, this guy Garcia wasn't given anything in the the transfer market. Really just had to play with the cards. He was dealt. And ended up winning a cup final against a team that was head and shoulders better than them in the league. And what did he get for that? Sack. So if they want to get a real coach in the future and coaches, they want continuity, why would they be looking at the follow-up job and looking at Davidis and thinking, hmm, that's the kind of that's the kind of environment I want to be in as a coach where I can get booted for success and trophies. One hundred percent. Seems so nearsighted. Growing pains, growing pains for the little kids. You know, the little little child club that's growing up. Finally, they're trying to be a big club. They're they're taking their morsels and crumbs where they can get them. They're they're having a little growth spurt, and this is it. You know, now they're starting to have that expectation of some more victory. You know, and they're 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 elevating that expectation. It's growing pains, guys. Growing pains. The the club is trying to become bigger than they have been. That's what it is. I'm going they to had their to growing pains. They had their crumb was winning the title and firing uh, firing Garcia was just throwing everything up, just vomiting it all over the place. That's that's uh, how we fall into the metaphor. Maybe Matteo will post on his Instagram story and reflect that. That would be nice if he could paint that picture for us. Anyway, um, Ike have also uh, hired or fired Manolo Jimenez. Is that correct? And uh, They've replaced him with Vladan Milojevic, uh, who is the former coach of Red Star, which the Pauk conspiracy theorists are going to be 
getting the getting the board and connecting the dots on the on the little uh, bulletin board because Red Star have a very good relationship with Olympiacos, um, and and it's very public and always has been. Uh, but yeah, I mean, he has done a very good job in in Red Star, and uh, you know has played Champions League football the last two seasons, fared pretty competitively for the the resources that Red Star have relative to other clubs. Um, of course, we played them in the Champions League two years ago. We also have Panathinaikos with, uh, is it Jovanovic coming in, which happened right in the middle of the awards show last time. Uh, so we briefly touched on it, but that's another official move. And then Atromitos, uh, is that um, the Yanina coach that they've hired? Is that right? Atromitos? Yeah. You mean the old, the old Yanina coach that they, oh, you mean the one that they hired? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I don't remember. I don't remember okay. seeing it. That was. Uh, um, I remember seeing a feed that Atromi was hired a coach, and then that's all I remember. I don't remember Sorry, who it actually was. Fans. That's. Sorry. Uh, apologize. Uh, we. Uh, I'll wait. I'll wait. Uh, yeah, I don't remember who it actually was. Sometimes I like sift through. I sift through news and stuff, and I see it. I'll end up waiting. I'll end up waiting for Elas Footy to post that so that I can read it later. I don't always pay attention to the rest of the league. The Ike hiring, though, that was hilarious to me. Uh, oh, there you go. The comment here from Aristides. Hey, sinonime. I hope that's an Aristides and not an Aristoteles. But hey, I love I love when I see my namesake here. Uh, he rejected their offer. Yeah, I I don't remember the name. Uh, uh, for that kind of stuff, far reaching. I usually wait for Elas Foley to post something. I, I can't be bothered. I'm not Lombardo. I don't go through all the news in Greece. Every second of the day, your cappuccino, exactly. The, but the Ike hiring, I was surprised how many Ike fans didn't like that hiring. This guy did a good job when he coached Red Star, and he only he coached Red Star like two years ago. He went to the Middle East, collected a nice paycheck, and he's coming back. But he cleaned up the Serbian league for Red Star two years in a row, double digits. Like, I mean, and when I say double digits, like he won the league both years by like 20 points, 20 plus points. And then he he made it to the Champions League group stage. And I heard people like, oh, he only got four points in Champions League. His group was PSG, Liverpool, and Napoli. Are you what serious? Did, what did Ike do when they were last in the group stage? The yeah, like when Ike was in the group stage, they didn't win a game. Are you serious? He played for a team that has the same resources. Uh, oh, th- this is actually, if it's, if it's Angel Lopez, I like this hiring because I thought he did a good job at Volos. Volos played some solid ball this season. I watched most of their games. Uh, if uh, if that was the hiring, thank you, Adis, for uh, checking us on that one. We appreciate it. Good hiring. I thought he did a good job at Volos. Had them playing nice ball there. Uh, the stuff that he did, uh, especially, even when Wardo was there, I mean, they were playing very well, uh, very positive ball, very nice, quick, one-touch pass and move. I loved it. But the Ike, I think this is a good hiring for Ike. At least on paper, it looks good. Uh, now the telling thing will be if Ike addresses the issues and hi- and gets defenders in. That's what they need. They need defense. Yeah, yeah. I I, I can't imagine Ike fans being upset about that one. To be honest with you, um, and and Atromitos, yeah, Volos had a very good season. Maybe Ninis will be be jumping on the the bus over to Atromitos as well. Uh, who, who knows? He had a decent season as well. He's definitely uh, made himself a valuable player in the Super League. 
We've got some transfer rumors as well. We know Lambro is not here today, uh, but Lambro did write a very nice piece that's out in the blog uh, talking about some of the transfer rumors. Um, so if you do miss Lambro and you want to have a look at that, it is available now on gate7intl.com. Uh, we'll give a quick a quick little uh, overview of things. Um, first of all, Tiquinho, a player we talked about last time, is uh, it's rapidly uh, approaching, as we would say. I think I saw somewhere he's coming to Greece, or you know, it's it's looking like it's going to be a done deal. The Portuguese press are reporting that it's official, it's a signing. Uh, so we're I think happy about that one for him to come in. Uh, be that extra striker, especially while Ed Arabi and Hassan are on international duty in the summertime. Uh, and, you know, as we've said in the past, we unfortunately do not have the available resources to do a deep dive for this guy. Uh, he's literally like been in China. So it's really hard to say and didn't play that much when he was there. So, um, you know, we'll do what we can. Uh, it seems like a promising one, but it's definitely we don't know what's going to happen, uh, but uh, it looks like he's he's in. I'm not doing it. Not doing the deep dive. I've had a couple people DM me on my personal account already. When are you doing the deep dive on Tequino? I'm not doing it because here's what's going to happen. The same thing that's happened with a couple players already. I will bring up some stuff from two like his past two seasons. He won't do it. Oh, what was that deep dive? It's not going to translate from two seasons. So th- that's why I'm not doing it. Stop bothering me. I'm not doing a deep dive on Tequino. I have one for you today for Markovic because it was going to be for a blog, but we saw some people asking about him. I'm not doing another one for Chumich either. I've done two deep dives on Chumich, one in the fall, and I did one after the winter break. Stop asking about Chumich also. Deep dive on Chumich part three, which will happen first, boozing with the boys three or Chumich deep dive three, the, the, the question. Chumich deep dives are like the new, are like Fast and Furious movies, like, 10 years from now, it's going to be like, they're back again. <laughs> Too much deep dive eight. Anyway, um, other transfer points, uh, things that Lambro has written up as well. Uh, Fortunis, the, the Fortunis to Turkey rumors are still around. Um, not really taken much weight in these because they seem to pop up pretty much every year. Um, people are saying two to four million euros is the offer, which I mean, I, I get these not played a lot like the second half of the season, but like you can offer more than two to four million for like the best Greek player. Uh or at least no, that's his player. salary. Two to oh, four his million. Salary. His oh, salary. Okay, that makes that's more wages, sense. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah okay, wages. fair enough. Um, but it's yeah, Fortunis, yeah, I, I I doubt it. Um we also the Pinakas rumors are are rapidly, you know, rustling up. Um uh, I think Sport Time even said he it's official, but like it's Sport Time, so yeah. I prefer not to speak on that. Um, but, I mean, it's looking good. Uh, of course, Larissa relegated. They don't have the negotiating power to ask for the $3 million that they wanted. Uh, so maybe 1.5 million euros is what we might end up seeing. Uh, there's talks of a 15% resale clause. So if Pinacas becomes good and we sell him somewhere else, Larissa gets 15% of that, uh, that fee. But, I mean, there's much more uh, thorough... Uh, breakdown of a lot of these rumors and a lot of the players uh, on the website. Lambro writes it up. The one thing that I do want to talk about with the both of you is Pedro Martins. Now, this is, I feel, going to be a topic of every episode this summer uh, because 
honestly, there's not a, a single person associated with the club that I'm more afraid of leaving than Pedro Martins. There's not a player. I'd, I'd, I'd let any player leave before uh, I would let Martins leave in terms of how successful we're going to be next year. And uh, the rumors are flying. There's been a couple shouts from the Premier League, Crystal Palace at one point. Uh, they fired Roy Hodgson, and, and uh, the rumors were there, but apparently Martins de declined that. Uh, Nuno has been sacked from Wolves, who had a down year, although to be honest with you, I think Nuno's a very good manager, and Wolves just missed their best player, but that's uh, for another day. But Martins, of course, the Portuguese, the Mendez connection is linked uh, to Wolves. Nothing official yet. One interesting one that has come out comes from France, uh, and the name... Jorge Mendez is also involved, and it's with Bordeaux. So the story here is Bordeaux are looking, or the owners of Bordeaux are looking to sell the club. Um, and a group that I believe in some way is associated with Jorge Mendez is looking to buy Bordeaux. Uh, and if they would do that, they would basically become uh, Portugal FC France edition, just like Wolves or Portugal FC England edition. Uh, and... Pedro Martins is apparently like the guy that they want, uh, that he's their number one pick to come in and manage Bordeaux. We, this inspired a, a quite a lively discussion in our, our little blog chat uh, that all of us are in. Um, and we had varying opinions about this. I, I think Adi was, you know, more on the side of like, oh, shit, why would he go there? Um, it worries me a little bit because one thing you know about Martins is he likes the project. You know, he came to a post when we were relatively bad uh, for the pedigree of the club we are in Greece. Um, he did his scouting with his team. He came in, he got the players, he got the results. And now Olympiacos are a very good team and very consistent. Um, Bordeaux are, of course, you know, they're in the French league. It's a top five league. He'd be given the opportunity to take that team to European heights um, they've been quite bad in recent years, which has left a lot of the fans of Bordeaux fairly uh, unoptimistic. But I honestly think that's the type of job that Martins would like, where he would be given the opportunity to, to really bring that team back. Now, Adi, I briefly mentioned that you had your take on this earlier, but uh, what do you have to say about this potential move uh, for Martins to Bordeaux? Do you think it will happen? Do you think it makes sense for him? How worried are you? I got into a pretty big debate with Martial about it. And one, it's because, you know, Martial obviously values the French league. He's French. And I don't. Uh, I, see the, I see the French league about on par with the Portuguese league. A move for Bordeaux, to me, is it's, it's more risky. And I don't see the expected payoff of him going there. You know, it's, it's a big project. Bordeaux doesn't have... They have some European pedigree, relatively, but I there's a I should put it this way: there's a higher ceiling, right, of him going there, right? If he goes there and succeeds, boom, sky's the limit for Martins, right? But if he goes there and he kind of peters and around like just above mid-table European, you know, he gets in like Europa League spots but doesn't break top four. I don't see much coming of it for him. You know what I mean? I don't see much coming for him in terms of his career. There were the rumors about Porto that he just said, no, forget it. Uh, don't, you know, he kind of brushed it off. Uh, if he's not interested in a Porto job, there's no way he'd be interested in Bordeaux because France and Portugal, the leagues, again, for me, are, are 
about even. And there's coaches tend to have much better careers when they come from Porto than they do from Bordeaux. I can only think of one coach from Bordeaux that I th- that moved on and is a coach that most people know of, Laura Blanc. That's the only one I can think of. I've, I went through some of the other coaches, and none of, none of them really had big pedigrees. But look at all the coaches that came out of Porto. Mourinho. Uh, Sa- um, S- Fernando Santos. Uh, oh my God! Now, now that I'm, now that I'm sitting here trying to think about it off the top of my head, Didn't I'm AVB like forgetting. There too? Uh, AVB, Vitor Pereira. You guys remember AVB, him? Huge manager, Marseille. Uh, such a good team. You know, They're like amazing. The fans love them. They play such good football and get results. Uh, Barrios, Barrios, Lopetegui coached Porto. You know what I mean? I mean? It's like, Adi, like I think because uh, one thing that you said is like, oh, like Bordeaux is a risk, but for me, like. And you're like, oh, no coaches have, you know, done it at Bordeaux. And it's like, for me, and I, I think I said this in the chat, but like Pedro Martins is different sauce, okay? Like he can, this is not just a regular coach we're talking about. This is not like AVB, just like making all the fans at Marseille hate him. Um, yeah. Martins, like, and if you think about what he's done in the past, do you think, what if what if he went to Olympiacos and finished fourth for three years or rather? Oh, that would you know, be terrible. Months, he would get fired. Like that didn't seem to deter him. You know what I mean? He wants that. He wants to be in an environment where he like where the team is looking for a savior. He wants to be that savior for that team. I think that's personally why he brushed off Porto because he's like, ah, I I want a project. You know, I I don't want to just come in and, you know, just have everything handed to me. Like he wants to he wants to finish his contract. I think that's well, probably why. Right, I mean, off. we'll see if he takes. Maybe he'll say no to the Bordeaux offer as well. But like, I personally think, I think he would do it. I think he would do really well. And then I, I think, uh, as you said, like if <clears throat> if Bordeaux come up in our Champions League side with uh, Martins, then he can do anything he wants. But I genuinely, and and I, you know, we've not talked to Martins, obviously, but uh, I <laughs> actually think that is a move that he would find interesting given the fact that he came to Olympiacos such such a high risk high reward situation here Uh, I don't I don't think it was necessarily high risk to come to Olympiacos because he was coaching at Guimarães before anything is like a step up from that we have European exposure you know okay yeah we were a project and you know, if maybe he gets, that's what if he, he gets likes. stacked six months into a job, but, which is basically this, what happens if you're not like top, if you're not finishing right. top, like that looks really bad on your resumes. I, I feel like Greece is really risky. Right. But at the same time, it's not like he was coaching big clubs to begin with. He would probably would have gone to another small club at, at that level. There was not much risk to him considering what he had been coaching at. And this comment has it right here. Leonardo Jardim, everybody remembers the coach that got fired during an undefeated season won the league with Monaco. And then what happened after that? He hasn't done anything. So like, that's what I think. Like you can win the league in France and then still be a nobody of a coach. So I don't know, but that again, that's just me. It was also telling to me when Bordeaux fans were commenting like, no, this would be a terrible move for him. (laughs) That's just because they're sad because their team is awful. But like, that's the point. That's like, uh, he's going to come in and fix it. That's the idea. Like, of course, Bordeaux fans are going to say that. 
Um, I, I don't see too much value. The, the French league is a bigger league than Greece, but he gets like finishing at Olympiacos, getting another year in Europe with good pieces still, able to make a decent push. I guarantee you this season, if he makes a push, even sniffs round of 16 in Champions League or gets into Europa League and makes it past round of 16 in Europa League, he is going to a top league. He's going to go to a top three league. If he goes to Bordeaux, it could be th- two or three years before he finishes in a top four spot. He's still not going to go anywhere. I'm calling that right now. He stays at Olympiacos, gets to round of 16 Champions League. Very slim chance he does that. He goes to the Premier League. Even if he goes round of eight Europa League, he goes to the Premier League. You heard it here first. Take it to the bank. Please don't jinx it and leave for Bordeaux, Martins. That's all I'm going to say about that. I mean, I don't know. I I think uh, I believe in Pedro Martins is all I will say. Like, but that's just me personally. Um, Chris Oxford agrees with Adi here. He's holding out for the Prem. Let's just see if Wolves can tempt him. He also like I think I think he Wolves for him is more attractive than anything else. Like I, I think we can all agree on that. Like Premier League, they just had a bad season. He wants to bring them to Champions League. It's it's feasible. It's you know he has a connection with the Portuguese players in the the board there. That one I, I think I'd be worried about, but we haven't had any official offers yet. Anyway, um, yeah, I just hope he's I just hope he stays. Um, that's that's all I really am worried about. Uh, I think the next thing we have on the agenda, Adi, is the Markovic deep dive, if I'm not mistaken. That's correct. Some of you guys were bugging me for this Markovic. A lot of people are excited about him coming back. Now, guys, we we don't know what's going to happen because he did kind of suffer suffer a shoulder injury, getting myself tongue-tied here. We don't know how bad it is. Not sure if it's going to affect his summer training, but uh, people were curious as to kind of what he can offer us. Is he going to slot in depending on what's happening? Because let's be honest, guys, this summer is going to be very turbulent. I mean, Mari Camara, if you guys saw that Instagram post, we tweeted it out. We posted it. I mean, it sounds like to me he's gone. Mari's going to be gone this year for big money. Um, Ruben Semedo uh, was rumored to be attracting interest from Roma, but we know that that's kind of a farce. But Porto and Benfica are kind of at it again. Um, there's also the statements from Ba, you know, Ba thinks he's ready for the premier league said he doesn't have anything else to prove in Greece. Well, with his injury, I doubt anybody's picking him up, uh, to be honest with you. So, but still we have some pieces that are going to be missing. And the question is, can Markovic fill that role in, especially, especially if we lose Semedo now, Markovic guys, he's sitting here at about six feet. 167 pounds for for the metric people, 184 centimeters, 76 kilos. He's not too big. He's pretty slim. We we like that. Uh, he's he's fit. About Those are like as, my as measurements. Athletics. I'm like <laughs> just I'm 6'1", like 73 and a half kgs right now. My God. Uh, anyway. Well, I could tell you I'm not six feet. I'm about five seven, and I weigh more than that. So that's that's all I've got there. Dad bod, dad bod, rocking here. Uh, in terms of agility and speed, it's about average. He's got average speed. He's not the quickest guy. Uh, he's quick enough, at least. He's quick enough, and he, he can 
He can turn directions quite well, but nothing um, amazing. In terms of his defensive attributes, he's a, he's a physical guy, uh, not afraid to get into it. Uh, I watched him get into a bunch of one-on-ones with some very big, beefy players. Wasn't scared. Uh, doesn't mind tugging a jersey here and there. Pretty successful. In terms of his overall defensive dual success, uh, 68% overall, closing players down uh, you know, or getting close to the ball, trying to win it. We like to see that. In the air, it's it's okay, but the important thing is he's really good in the air in his box, in his final third. That extra little bit of aggression uh, you like to see. He's 51% in terms of his overall success, which is like okay, but in, in his box, in his third, it's way better. It's above 60%. He gets much hungrier in the final third. You'd love to see that intensity. Loose balls. Guy's an animal. Uh, just throws everything in there. Uh, Love to see that. Very aggressive. He's averaging about three and a half interceptions a game, almost 10 ball recoveries per game. 90% of those are in the defensive half, by the way. A lot of times you see these center backs that will press high and they win a lot of balls on the press. Uh, No, I mean, everything he does is in the defensive third. So a lot of really good signs, a lot of really good signs. Now, before I go into the offensive stuff here, uh, Ramada drummer here, uh, he is similar to Retzos, if you remember him. Underweight, center back with good technique, good mental awareness. This is it right here. This is it. This is He's very similar to Retzos. Uh, he's a ball-playing center back, similar to Semedo. Uh, I'm not going to say he's as good because, you know, I, we have to see much more. We have to see how he does for us. But he's very comfortable getting the ball at his feet. He was averaging over 50 touches a game for Partizan. I mean, very comfortable. Uh, averaging over six long passes per game. Ruben Semedo is averaging about eight. So the, 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 again, the volume is there. He's a, he's, and he's attempting over 10 of them. So six successful, 10 attempted. Uh, he's got two goals and an assist on the season, set pieces, all offset pieces can very successfully dribble himself out of trouble. Uh, very competent, just like Ruben Semedo. Love to see that. And then as we kind of go to this, this three, four, three, you know, we see Martins working with that where we have to have one guy that can play with the ball. I think he can be very successful going forward. Overall, uh, I'm very positive on him. He hasn't allowed a lot of goals that were his fault. I watched every goal partisan allowed and most any goal, there was like one or two goals that were, you could say his fault, but it was off of a deflection. Uh, whether it was a lack of communication, like the goal that he he coughed up against uh, no, uh, Proletaire Novi Sad, uh, it was usually miscommunication or a weird deflection. Not a lot of stuff where it was like he was at fault positionally. He's very positionally aware. We like to see that, especially at his age. I am very positive on this. I want to see him. I want to see him playing for us. Adi, um, I'm assuming Partizan mostly use a back four. So that's what he's played in this year. Correct. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's, it's um, yeah. Ramada drummer with the comment as well, sort of uh, thinking about the same things I'm thinking about he, him fitting in well in the, the three, four, three. Um, yeah. I mean, I think it's going to be, hopefully he gets the, uh, the opportunity. Like I would have said at the beginning of last year, there's no shot he gets in. Uh, but you know, we saw Vrusayan and Drutsos actually work their way into the team. Um so maybe I'm a bit more confident about it when he's, you know, Martins is calling it back and say, Oh, I want this player in the squad. He's, he's an important part of the squad. We're not loading him out. I want to keep him. 
after this year, I'm a bit more confident about that. He might not start, but uh, I really want to see a lot of him in Greece because we definitely can afford to do so. Well, if yeah. Martin keeps going with the three-man back line, you're going to need that depth at center back anyway. Exactly. So, And that's an easier system because you have two center backs to cover you to like get acclimated. And Olivia Costa are usually on the front foot, so it's not it'll be less defensive action for him and typically further away from the goal. So, yeah, whatever Martin says, he's proven himself. Indeed. Yep. Definitely. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, I, I'm really excited for him. Uh, he's – it's been – for everything we've heard coming from Serbia is that he's been fantastic. So, um it's it's seems like there's not a whole lot of negative things to say. Uh, we do have one last segment for today, and it's the the reason we've brought Demo here. And we're going to be talking about the national team. The real reason Lambro is not here uh, is because the national team. We have friendlies coming up, and uh, JVS has picked his team. A couple names missing. A couple names that we don't usually see. But uh, the the highlight, or not, you know, not a, I, I, maybe highlight is the wrong word. But the most interesting thing for me is Saliakas, the right back from Yanina, has come in and he's been selected for the national team. Hopefully, this means Bakakis doesn't play. Although Bakakis and Andrutsos are there, surely Bakakis is third string. Andrutsos needs to play. This is my opinion. Um, aside from that. Leo Kutris, congratulations. He's made it back to the national team after the, the horrible ACL injury he suffered. Really, really nice to see him back in the fold. Of course, Jimikas and Yanuris uh, are also there, but um, he's made some amazing strides, so I'm really happy to see him in there. He's coming back to Olympiacos this summer. We'll have to see what Martins wants to do for him. We've also got Galanopoulos. Back in the team, he's healthy and ready to go, which is a good sign. Uh, no Fortunis, though. Um, I think was family issues what was cited. Um, Martin yes. requested off. What's that, Vimo? He requested off. Rate that from him. He deserves it. Don't don't deal with these clowns. That's that's what I say. Um, and then also only two strikers selected. Uh, fearful that we're going to go with a Bacasetas false nine because of that. But um, I believe Yakumakis is hurt and uh, it's just Duvikas and Pavelidis for the front line today for Greece. So uh, another interesting one to see that. Oh, Aris P actually, that's interesting. I didn't, uh, I, I didn't know this, but Fortunis was supposedly left out because he just became a father. So Congratulations to Costa. I, I didn't know that. He he keeps a pretty private life. So, you know, I'm not surprised I didn't see it. But if if that's true, that's that's great. Congratulations to Fortunis on the baby. Get some tips from Adi if you need any on uh, on raising a, a young Greek, another another under one Olympiakos midfielder, right? So Mihali's yeah. got some competition now with baby Fortunis. Very we love to see that. And uh and Fetanos. Oh, Alex says Villarreal win. That's actually great news. Unai Emery does it again. Well, and, that's important uh, for Libyakos as well. We'll get into that with the coefficient, but that oh, is it's not bad, is it? And we'll we'll get into it later. Um, De Gea misses penalty is what Alex says. That's oh man, I'm actually a bit. Shout out to the people here watching 
us talk about random stuff instead of watching that game because that must have been a fantastic game. I guess Alex is watching both, to be fair. But anyway, Fatsano says, I'm not sure I should believe that Fortuny's thing, not the first time JBS lies. I don't even care at this point. <laughs> I really, I, 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 I don't care about the national team enough to like fight for Fortuny's being in there. Montalos is fine, whatever. Uh, we're going to it's not competitive games, you know, it's, it's not a big deal. I, I don't want Fortunis. I wanted to get some rest. So I actually don't care. Yeah. I wish I couldn't care. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I, I care about the team doing well, but for these friendlies, I want Fortunis to get some rest for Olympiacos as opposed to, uh, you know, having to yeah, I mean, play for the national team right after a long season. It's good if he gets the rest, but I mean, everyone's going to get rest because we're not in the Euro. The thing that drives me nuts, I mean, it, first of all, what Bethano said, how funny would it be if JVS was the one to say he became a father, that's why he's not on the team, and then Fortunis is just like, <laughs> I didn't have a kid. <laughs> oh my god. That'd be amazing. Um, so it'd be nice to figure out what the actual story is. Um, but my thing is like the, the thing about friendlies, it's good to tinker and it's, we usually see some pretty decent tidbits here and there when he tinkers in the friendlies. But for me, the most part is when you do friendlies, you, you kind of grab some young guys, some unsure guys. So like, like bringing Bulgoras, bringing Kutris, bringing these guys into the fold to like, kind of, let's see what they're made of. That's all positive stuff, but usually what you do is you bring those guys in to kind of supplement and see how they fare alongside your spine. And so for me, I want Fortunis to be a part of that spine. I'd want Manola and Socrates and Siovas to also be a part of that spine, but instead JVS has chosen his spine to be Bacasetas and Savelas and... um. Stephanidis is not in right now. I don't think he's on this squad, but if he's maybe if he's if he's injured, he's usually in. So it kind of drives me nuts when those guys are still being included in the roster and then Fortunis isn't. That was my initial reaction. And then we've kind of heard that he requested out. So hopefully that's the case. But yeah, there's there's promising things about this squad list, but there's also the same old what is going on? Why is he doing this? So We'll see. There's also only two true wingers on the team, right? Like, it's just Zolis and Masuras. No Hatsiovanis. No Limnios. I mean, we've seen him against Austria. He played the 5-3-2, I think. But also, we've also seen Mandalos at the left wing, Papidis yeah, on the left wing. I'm afraid we're going to see that. Plenty of guys that of. shouldn't be playing left wing play left wing. And then while guys like Papidis are playing left wing, he's throwing Zolis up top. All, yeah. to make, all these kinds of rearranging and shuffling during actual games to make sure Pacasetas is right there in the tent where he just doesn't move and doesn't create and doesn't do anything. So... Yeah. Uh, Fetanos asked Alexandropoulos wasn't called up right nope he was not and this is like what's super egregious you know what I mean we don't have many eights we don't have any eights that are Greek okay we have Galanopoulos who's hurt like every other fucking month and then we have Alexandropoulos that's it maybe maybe Solis 
can get to that point. But we've seen him like three times. Alexandropoulos is right now the most promising, deep-lying midfielder that exists for Greece. That's it. And you don't call him up for friendlies? Is this a joke? I'm sorry, guys. We went like two steps forward, two steps back. At, at the very least, Buguras, like, okay, yeah, we haven't seen him before. But, but he sucks. He fucking sucks. He's terrible. This is who you call up? Instead of calling up Alexandropoulos? You call up Bakakis? Like, if I have to watch that piece <laughs> of shit play, even in a friendly, I'm going to lose my goddamn mind. He sucks. We've seen it. He, and when, when was the last time he played? Has he played, like, at all? Has he so played very much at all? Oh, yeah, for the ethnic key, but I meant like La- I last minute addition to the squad list, instant starter. Ridiculous. Like, I'm glad that we called up Saliaka. I forgot about Adelucha. that. Adi, he actually played in their last game. He did play in their last game, but he probably still, sucked. Yeah. Well, they didn't get a result. So, yeah, <laughs> I mean, let me get his wise, let me get his wise scout stats up. He here. played in the last three games and then, and, and he, he played in the last three games for Ike, and then at, before that, he hasn't played since appearing for the national team. So I don't know what that's about. But, um, yeah, I, I totally agree with Fetanos. He says, why not call the most promising midfielder to some friendlies? Like, literally, what do you have to lose? Why are you calling up guys who we know what they are? Puguras, Bakakis, we know your shit. What, what's yeah. the point? Um, you can make the excuse for Puguras because, you know, Okay, we haven't really seen him. Young and he's but new. again, like th- this is so true, Labros. Vadanas not called up is shocking. It actually is I shocking. I couldn't believe I, I know you're believe. joking, but it actually is shocking. No Mavrias, no Limno, no Svarnas. I couldn't believe it. And by the way, guys, the lack of wingers. Are we gonna see a Zimikas or Yanulis left? Well, I was wing? actually gonna say that maybe if if I'm because it's a friendly and not a real game, maybe he does something cool, huh? Maybe uh Maybe we see Yanulis on the wing. I could actually do with that. We've got good, really good talent and depth on at wing back. I mean, not right back, but I mean, Andrutos has had a banner year at right wing back for Libya Kos, So he should start, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, if, Andrutos if, can also play on the wing, we have to say. Probably a better winger than Hatsiovanis and Limios. Oh, even Guys, I got I have Bakakis's uh I'm looking at Bakakis's stats from his last couple games in the Greek Super League, right? Oh for eight oh, defensive duels. Okay, so Okay, so he's got uh so he's had he had 17 defensive duels closing players down. Uh and he t- he won 10 of those 17. Uh okay, so almost half but but the successful ones the successful ones were mainly uh, it was it was back passes. There weren't attempts really on him. They they kind of like th- three of them I'm looking at now. They just go like the player kind of like fidgeted and then passed the ball backwards. Uh, Adi's player, Asteras player, fidgeted, passed the ball backwards, and that was a success for him because it sent him backwards. So anytime they actually tested him, he did not win the ball. Even even better. Even funnier is are his like possession statistics because he only has he only had one completed long pass one pass beyond eight meters against Adis and he touched the ball almost forty times. He can only pass the ball five feet in front of him. Zero overlaps. This guy has zero overlaps in three games, four games. 
lock him in. This is what you want. This is what you want. The guy can't defend. Okay, I can't do this anymore. I can't argue. I can't like. <laughs> it's stressing me. Is miles ahead. This is ridiculous. Adrutos and Saliakas are both miles Saliakas ahead. If Bakaki sees ahead. the field, JVS out over the summer. I He's going to see anymore. the field, and it's can't already JVS anymore. out. Every, 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 all reason and logic would say there's no way he sees the field. He's going to start. Probably both games. <laughs> well, that yeah. leads us in. Do we want to make our predictions or, or maybe say we can say what we would want the starting lineup to be and then what we think we're going to see in uh, these games, just give out an 11 for each. You know, I can uh, I can say, like, obviously, Vlahodimos will be hopefully the goalkeeper. I think we'll see that. I, I would like to see that. I think we probably will see Yanulis. Well, maybe we see Chimenkas on the left. Uh, I, of course, want to see him there um i might even and then uh i think the center backs i guess will beat savelas and probably kiriakos papadopoulos can we say um i whatever man like this group of center backs is horrible maybe mavropanos i would rather see instead of savelas like just to see what yep. he can do um on the right i want to see andrutsos but we'll probably see bakakis because like i still demo demo reminded me like he was not in the squad, and then he was starter. a starter. How does that make sense? Anyway, um, the midfield will probably be Zeka. Uh, I, I guess we probably see Buhalakis and Bakasetas. I would like to see Galanopoulos, and I guess since Fortunis isn't playing Montalos in the 10. And then uh, on the left wing, I would like to see Yanulis. I want to see it at that, that combination at least once. Just I, I can't really with Zolis. He's not in good form. And then Masuras, I guess, on the right. And then uh, oh, Pavlidis up top. It's not great, but I guess like it's definitely what we see. Maybe Duvikas because it's a friendly, and why not give him yeah. a try? That's probably what I want to see. Adi? Uh, what, what I want to see or what we will see? I'll tell you what we will see, and you can take this to the bank also. Anybody, any betters out here? We get a lot of DMs from on the podcast account from these like bet people that keep asking us about stuff so that they can make their odds. Here's what you're going to see. You know, probably Vlaco Dimo in the back, maybe Diudis. You know what I mean? Uh, I wouldn't care what either one. It's a friendly. Um, what we're go- Here's the starting lineup we're going to see. All right. It's going to be Tzavelas and probably Kiriakos Papadopoulos so that we can watch Kiriakos Papadopoulos slide all over the place. We're going to see uh, on the left, it'll probably, it, Yanulis. It'll, when he's healthy, he usually starts Yanulis. Uh, on the right, it'll probably be Bakakis. That's what I'm imagining. And I'm going to break my damn laptop when I see it, um, even though it's a friendly. Uh, actually, you know what? Then again, I'm going to backtrack because we do see usually fun stuff in friendlies with JVS. We usually see him play interesting things in a friendly so we might actually see a fun lineup something i like maybe uh maybe it'll be Zimikas on the left yanulis playing winger mavropano kiriakos papadopoulos in the center adruzos on the right and then the midfield will be galanopoulos hopefully galanopoulos and siopis because i love siopis's energy i don't rate him too much with the ball at his feet but i think he does very well marking and taking up space and just being a, a six, then I would like to see Madalos at the 10, a proper 10, not Pacasetas. 
He's not a 10. I got in arguments with a whole bunch of random Greeks trying to tell me that Bacasetas is the best 10 we have. If you think Bacasetas <laughs> is the best 10 we have, you're a flat earther. <laughs> this comment, I forgot yeah. about Kolovos. Kolovos yeah. was like the worst call-up we've ever seen. Terrible. <laughs> he was so nothing. I believe that Such 100%. Oh but yeah, we're goodness. gonna we'll see Bacasetas probably start at the 10, even though he shouldn't, because he's the shittiest 10 that we have statistically. Art Every time somebody brings it up, I will show you the stats. He's the worst for the ethnic E. He's the only player that's played in the 10 position that went almost two years without a key pass in open play. It's abysmal. Abysmal. And then I don't think Pavlidis can be a number like a, a point man, a striker. He's good with the ball at his feet, but I like him as a second striker. I'd, I'd like to give Duvikas a shot. I'd like to see what he can offer. Um, but, guys, Pavlidis is the better ball-playing striker that we have. The problem is, every time we have a striker that puts on the ethnic key jersey, they can't do anything. They don't score. So, I don't know. We'll see what happens. But that's kind of what I see. I, Masura should be starting on the right, by the way. Right or left. I don't care. He's the most efficient winger in Greece. That's it. So All right, Nemo. Give us your I mean, I can pick a, an 11 that I would like to see, and then I can pick an 11 that I expect to see. Do both, yeah. All right, we'll go with expect, because then we can be we can end it on a higher note. Um, I mean, we're about to play Belgium. I can't think of any talent on that team, so you can, you know, that Savelas and uh, Kiriakos Papadopoulos are probably we're going to do a back four, and who are they going to have to deal with? De Bruyne, Hazard, Lukaku, Mertens, Hazard's little brother. No names, so it's going to be great. Um, Bakaki's perfect matchup for Eden Hazard on that wing, so start him. Uh, left back, it should be Timikas, but I'm guessing it's probably not going to be. I think Adi was right on that. <sighs> it probably will still be a 4-2-3-1. It'll be, I'd like to think maybe Bukalakis, but I don't think he'll be able to keep up with the rate of play, but he's kind of been getting consistent minutes for the FDP. And then Siopis on the defensive side I like, so he'll probably get the nod. And then who could possibly be starting at the 10? So unpredictable. Back pass Setas, who... Literally, he can't. He can't turn the other way. He can't. He can't receive the ball and turn around and look upfield. So if he gets a if he gets a pass from behind him when he's in the ten, he can't turn with it. So how's he supposed to play a key pass? Um, can't. Every, every time. I mean, hopefully, with the good run of four Masuras had, hopefully he starts. I can kind of see him doing that because Limnio is not there. But I could also very well see tinkering or what he's done in these uh world cup qualifiers um he could we could see pavlidis at left wing or mandalos at left wing and then out of our two strikers between duvikas and pavlidis we'll see zolis at striker <laughs> pavlidis at left wing literally end me if we see that we literally That's like jvs that. like they're not gonna see this one coming KDB, nothing. We've played, we played Fortunis and, and Zolis at striker while having Pavlidis at left wing. 
Pavlidis left wing might be like the carnal sin of, of JVS. Like Bakasetas 10, Pavlidis left wing. No, Bakasetas right 10 is, is by far, that's, pro- that's problem number one. We that, need like that, the seven carnal sins of, of JVS. Like this shit he does every time. It's stupid. And just list yeah. them off. Do yeah, we have time? Yeah. We have we have a little bit of time for a quick coefficient report um, yep. at the end here. Now, as we did mention, uh, Villarreal, congratulations, Unai Emery, big manager. Congratulations on winning the Europa League. Uh, this did have an effect on Olympiacos, just like Chelsea making the Champions League had an effect on Olympiacos. All these things, they have an effect on Olympiacos because of how intricate the European coefficient, the club coefficient systems are. So, Adi, where do Greece sit and where do Olympiacos sit as the European season comes to a close? Well, starting with where Olympiacos sits, well, guys, we needed Manchester United to win the Europa League because had they won and had Shakhtar, Benfica, Dynamo Zagreb, Salzburg, and Slavia Praha not qualified for the group stages, we would have stayed in pot three had we made it to the group stages. But now, even if we get to the group stages, our destiny is pot four as it stands right now. So we're going to be a pot four team if we make it to the group stage, it looks like. Not really what we're looking for, but you know what? It's going to be tough either way. We saw even the pot four teams were tough teams. So let's qualify for Champions League first, and then we'll worry about what happens when we get there. As far as the coefficient for Greece, we started in 18th. We ended in 20th. Now that does nothing, nothing worse can happen right now in terms of our placements. Uh, You know, it doesn't get it really any worse than this. So we have three teams in European Conference League. And of course, as we all know, Olympiacos is playing in the first round qualifiers, or sorry, second round qualifiers for Champions League. Um, When we start, for this current season and the coefficient table updates, we're actually going to be starting in 19. Uh, we're going to be starting ahead of Norway, uh, but right behind Turkey, the Czech Republic, Croatia, Switzerland, Cyprus, and Serbia. Now, some of you are probably like, oh, Jesus, we're in 19. This is, we're starting worse. It's going to be even worse. No, we actually made a little bit of ground this year, thankfully. Wasn't the best, but we made a little bit of ground because a lot of countries didn't do so well or had some previous seasons that weren't so good. But Turkey is only going to be one game ahead of us. They're, we're at 20.2 to start. Turkey's at 20.4. Literally, Olympiakos wins their first round qualification. We're, we're ahead of Turkey now. Greece is going to pull ahead in ter- of Turkey in terms of the coefficient. Czech Republic is, only, is at 21.1. They're less than a coefficient point ahead of us. Same with Croatia, less than a full coefficient point ahead of us within striking distance. Switzerland, who's in that coveted 15th spot that we want to be in, 21.95. That's about 1.7 points. That's within striking distance. So literally 15th is there for the taking to start with. If Olympiacos can get through these qualifying rounds with the bonuses and the points that are available, All we have to do is our part, make it the Champions League, and we give Greece a really good shot at at really getting ourselves boosted and and having a a place to really attack that 15th spot. 
I'm not counting on Ike. I'm not counting on Balk. I'm not counting on Adis. I, you know, unless I see the moves that I want them to make be made, you know, the coaching changes okay are are interesting from the get go. Um, and Mazios has done a good job for Adis, but unless I see them make the proper moves in the transfer market, I'm not, they're not going to do anything for me. I'm not counting on it, but if we at least do what we can to qualify, Greece is in a good spot. Can we talk about Turkey? Like as much as we, we crap on the Greek league for being bad and all the teams for being bad, like what happened to Turkey being like a top 10 league? Can we say like, they have absolutely fallen off a cliff. Like, Yep. All these big teams in Turkey now, like sitting right next to Greece, like Turkey, as I think generally regarded as like a big league, Başakşehir, Besiktas, Galatasaray, Trabzonspor, Bakasetas FC, Shiopis FC, like, and they're just right here with us. I just want to say that like uh, JVS, you don't need to pick every Greek player who plays in Turkey. Like they're not actually that big of a league. Um <laughs> I think Adi's maybe just seen this comment from Fetanos. Can't wait to go see Pauk play on my local sand field in the conference league. Dimo, Roma versus uh, Gibraltar FC on the on the sand pits. Ooh. Thoughts, thoughts. I, I don't even I don't even care. It's Mourinho. We'll see what the heck happens. I'm more Mourinho. worried about the Greece's coefficient and Adi's doing the sensible thing and not expecting. Falk or Adis or Ayak or any of these teams to do something, but that we still need them to do something. Like for the for the good of the league as a whole, we need to get into those co- coefficient points. And if there are five te- five Greek teams on the verge of qualifying or not qualifying, the more teams in, the more it doesn't have to be all on all. I mean, I, I I like Alex's comment here. If two of three make the conference league group stage, I'm happy. Like as much as, you know, we say like, yeah, we're not going to, I don't believe anything will happen. You know, this conference league is a new opportunity and like, you know, yes, we joke about Pauk bottle, Ike bottle, uh, you know, Adis don't have a lot of experience recently in Europe, like all of these things, but like you're fumbling the bag. If you don't like get a, at least a couple teams in the group stage here, give yourself the opportunity, even if you don't win the group or get top two in the group, whatever, just win a couple games in your group. You know, you're, you're going to have an opportunity. Yes. I know that like Roma and uh, I, I guess uh, who's in it from England, Tottenham or West Ham, whatever. I know that um, those teams are going to be in. And so I'm not expecting them to make a run, but like just get to the goddamn group stage and give yourself the opportunity to play six games. Like, I think that's reasonable to be honest with you. It's only, it's only two games. It's not reasonable for me. I, no, we had two teams in Europa League group stage, and we were in group stage. Okay, and what happened? Ikebuk didn't do shit. They won like <laughs> one game each. It's not enough to just make the group stage. We had three teams in group stage competitions. Uh, all I'm saying is making Bauk the group stage is better than not making the group stage. Bauk didn't make Europa League. They crashed out of Champions League. That was that was. Where, this is what Fair. happens when you lose. So they didn't Fair. earn us points on the way up. I'm, well, they did when they beat Benfica, or was yeah. that two years ago? No, that was that was that was that's, that was that was very big. That was points on the board. And then, yeah, okay, they're clear. They clearly were not going to be good enough for Champions League. Pretty obvious, but yeah, they needed to do more in the Europa League. 
I mean, Plain guys, it, it would only help them in the future because our coefficient goes up. And then more teams get into higher, get into the Champions League, have less playoff rounds to go through to get into the Champions League and have a better chance of getting into the Champions League and getting into a better uh, pot if they make it. Well, and so this, this comment from Alex again as well is, I think, important because um, if you recall, when uh, you're calculating the points for the coefficient, you divide each team's individual points. So you win a game, you get this many points, you divide it by the total of number of teams in. And that's not the number of teams in as in like still playing for the title at that moment. It's the number of teams in as we're in at the beginning of qualification. So last year we had five teams in because we had, we were higher in the coefficient when that like term started. And so all of Olympiacos' points were divided by five. And then all of the other teams points, AKA zero were divided by five. Guess what? Breaking news, zero divided by five is zero. It's not helping you out. Um, but now Olympiacos our wins are going to be divided by only four and zero divided by four is still zero. So um, in that way, it does actually help out. Now I know it's meant to be like a weighted average type deal, but when you have a league like Greece where one team gets like a massive percentage of the points. And I remember um, on the, the UEFA calculator, whatever it's called Twitter account, they, when they tweet out the coefficient table, they have like the best team and like the percentage of coefficient points from that team. And it's always like, Olympiacos with like a lion's share of it. Like when it's in that situation, like you, you kind of don't want those teams to be in from the start. But um, so in that sense, like Olympiacos, we actually have the opportunity to do more for the Greek coefficient this year because there are less other Greek teams in that are going to do nothing relative. Like, like Red Star. Red Star did yeah, wonders exactly. for Serbia's coefficient. They were the only Serbian team. Partisan got knocked out early. Mm -hmm. And they were the only Serbian team, and they did wonders. They were like 70% of the coefficient, and they did wonders. And look like, at them. I feel like that's how Cyprus got up there. I felt like Apoel had that breakout year, and they made it to Champions League, and they yeah. performed. And now look at them. They're, when they're, when they're group. Yeah, when their teams get into, the, get into Europe, they, they get it done. Except for Apoel, because they're in the relegation group of Cyprus now. Yeah, yeah, laughing at it'll them. be it'll be Ammonia. It'll be Ammonia again. Ammonia are the new are the new team. Ammonia is going to draw. Ammonia is going to draw Balk and beat them twice in the group stage next year in the Conference League. We'll see though. Maybe we'll have to get Stell back on because like Ammonia, oh, you will. Know, when a team like Ammonia, you you come up and have a really nice season, like all the players get offers in. So we'll see how much of that team sticks around for for Stell's sake and for Ammonia's sake. Hopefully, a lot of their their stars stick around, but I think already like a couple of their guys are, are confirmed on their way out. Anyway, that's a discussion for another day. We've been going for about an hour, 15 minutes here. So uh, I think we're going to wrap up. We covered a whole lot of things. It's, it's encouraging for me that we can still talk for an hour when there's no games. So uh, we'll have more of these coming this summer. Um, thank you, Demo, as always for coming on. It's great to chat with you. Demo will have uh, some, some new content coming out on the blog as well. When uh, when games start up, Lambro will not read it. Um, and yeah, I had to I had to fight Lambro to, to see who's <laughs> going to do the match previews and reviews for the for the Ethniki. He was yeah he was he was, he was like oh I so want to do these I love the Ethniki <laughs> I love watching and I'm like oh no I like it more. <laughs> Lambro uh, yeah, he, oh, yeah. He, he loves the Ethniki so much that he can't contain himself and that's why he wasn't here today. Um, but yeah, I mean, we will be back soon with more stuff to talk about. As we said, 
We're going to be making some announcements, so keep your eyes peeled on the social media, Gate7INTL. Subscribe to our YouTube channel if you're listening on YouTube. Give us a like and a comment. Boost the algorithm. Turn your notifications on so you can see when we're going live. And uh, that way you won't miss a thing when we have all this exciting content coming out. And then soon enough, we'll be uh, back in European mode over the summer, doing lots of post-match, live watch-alongs potentially. We've got all sorts of fun stuff. I'm really excited. Until then, though, uh, enjoy the rest of your week. Congrats to Villarreal and the Europa League, even though it kind of screws us over. I personally don't care because United can go get in the bin. Um, I love that Penchester United FC loses on penalties to end their season. Um, so, yeah, that is about all I have. Uh, so, everybody... Stay happy, have a great rest of your week, and we will see you very soon. You just listened to an episode of the Gate 7 International Podcast, a podcast connecting Olympiacos fans from Brussels to Tokyo, from Toronto to Geneva. We are four Olympiacos fans from every corner of the world, bringing you news and interviews of the team you love in English. With new episodes twice a week, you'll never miss out on the latest updates and stories of the team you love. If you liked what you heard, make sure to follow us on social media at Gate7INTL. Give us a subscribe on YouTube or even leave a review on all our podcast channels. Until next time, this is our team, our city and our story. Thrilos, he said. Sto mialo kati magiko.